Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we're here with Ben McDaniel. Ben is the director for the Barrow-Brazelton Joint Economic Development Authority in Barrow County, Georgia. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. You are my first guest uh, that has recorded inside of their car. So uh, that's pretty exciting. You got to do what you got to do. Just drop my kids off inside the house and uh, just work it. Put it on the schedule and make the schedule work. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, you know, you and I, we've been trying to to uh, arrange this interview for a while and there's been some hiccups but most recently i was sitting here waiting for you half an hour ago because yesterday we, we we came up with a new time and unfortunately you you missed it but i ate an entire package of lifesavers while i was waiting so you know thank you for that i appreciate it and there's a metaphor lost somewhere but thank you and thank you for your patience and i'll be honest with you dane it's somewhat intimidating because I look at all the economic developers you've had on your show, and these are titans of the industry around the country. And I'm just a guy in Barrow County, Georgia, a population of about 90,000 people. I, you know, I can understand that. You know, I used to have that same fear myself, uh, just a lowly economic developer in Galveston County. And, you know, what could I possibly add to this conversation? But what I can do is I can bring on people with interesting perspectives like yourself and expose them to a wider audience. And you are a very interesting character. I think I first discovered you when I saw a set of your memes that somebody had reposted, and I think on LinkedIn, and, but you have, this, you have this knack for making economic development memes. And I just find it like fascinating how you're able to come up with things that fit you know, in these meme formats? Where does this come from? You know, I think since I've been named the director, I really just leaned into who I am, the things going on. I really put out there on LinkedIn about six to eight months ago of, to project managers and others, like, how, what are you looking at if I wanted to advertise our site? What are you looking at? Are you looking at certain magazines? Are you looking at certain newsletters? And I figure most project managers anywhere from like 25 to 45, and if I think it's funny, maybe they will as well. So I just really leaned into who I am and, and I'm on TikTok a lot and I spend a lot of times laughing at memes and sending them to friends. And so I just leaned into that and started posting. And sometimes I have to pull back and I send one to my wife. I'm like, is this too far? Is this going to get me fired? And she's like, no, you're good. Sometimes it's not that way. Right, right. That's good. Yes. It's always good to have someone to bounce that stuff off of. Um, has it, you know, has, have any of these memes been successful in that, you know, have you been contacted by a project manager or somebody who, 
you know, maybe saw something or reached out because of it? Absolutely. What's good on LinkedIn is on the back. Most of my project, most of my posts, the majority of them, not 90%, the majority of them are project managers. City managers and county managers, because a gentleman named Joseph Turner, he looks at those on occasion and he'll share them. And he has a, he's a big influencer in the city county management. Uh, but in general, project managers are looking at them. And more so when I meet with in the state of Georgia, where I'm at, when I go to our Economic Development Authority or Economic Development Association, that's GEDA, the Georgia Economic Development Authority Association. When I go to these monthly meetings, I'll have folks come up to mention, come up to me and mention my LinkedIn post. That's when I know it's working. Right. Yeah. Recently, I've seen a bunch from you that are uh, about the fact that Barrow County has a lot of water. Um, yes. And that's leaning in. The riches are in the niches. And mm -hmm. the one thing that makes Barrow County unique, we're located in Northeast Georgia in the metro Atlanta area, is that we have an abundance of water like millions of gallons of water that we pull from. And like, for example, well, this is exactly, there's no example. We get about 6 million gallons per day, 6 million gallons per day from our, from the Bear Creek Reservoir. As a county, we may use a million. We sell off another half million to a local, to another county. And we have like 4 million gallons, four and a half million gallons of water still available. Treatment upgrades about to happen. And that's going to, that's so much water. And for us, Dane, we're located, the state of Georgia has really went all in from leadership from the top to the bottom and going after the electric vehicle market. And we're relocated. We're about 45 minutes from SK Batteries, which is a big battery provider for electric vehicles. Rivian, which is another electric vehicle as well, they, they made an announcement about a year ago that's about 45 minutes south of us. And so we're right here in the middle of this confluence of electric vehicles, the green economy, and Barrow County's right there in the middle with land and millions of gallons of water available and a giant Metro Atlanta workforce to pull from. Right. You said the niches are, or the riches are in the niches. Um, so that means really focus on what it is that you've got really niche down as far as you possibly can. It's really interesting to, to see that playing out in economic development where everybody is a you know, great place to live, work and play. I think the older I get and the more experience I get in this job, I realize that every project's not great for us. And I'm sure where you're at in Galveston, Texas, not every project's great for you guys there. In certain sites that we have, we have an industrial park that's right beside our workforce development campus where we have an elementary school, a student a planned middle school, a arts and sciences academy, a good golf club swing from our industrial site. So if we put something that's going to adversely affect our workforce development campus, that's not going to be a good site for us. That's not going to be a good project for us. Right. That makes sense. That's it. That makes sense. Yeah. Lean into who you are. That go Yeah. That goes back to your whole thing, which is, you know, be your authentic self. Don't, don't change it. Don't try to be something that you're not. And I tell you, Dane, I, I really lean into being who I am on LinkedIn, which is, I don't take myself that seriously in the community. I live, I feel like the secret sauce for us is that there's not a lot of pretentiousness within our county. We have a bunch of people that are prideful about who they are and where they're from, but we're not stuffy. We're not pretentious. And we are good down to earth people. And I think I'm a good representative of that ambassador for I'm from here. And I've come from a very, I, or a tougher background growing up and in one lifetime to go from this, you know, abject poverty to 
being somewhat successful in my community. Like I, I'd like to think I'm a living example and I love that. I love being active in my community and carrying that flag for our community. Right. That's good. So how did you get into economic development? Probably about three or four years ago, I was in Rotary. I was given a speech in Rotary. I worked for a nonprofit at that time. And the economic development director at that time, a lady named Lisa Moore, she came up to me and said, Ben, you need to be in economic development. And another gentleman who works for Georgia Power named Trey Leslie, he also came up to me at a later date and said, buddy, you need to get into economic development. And because the things that come off when you talk to me is I care deeply about where I'm from and the community I represent. And I get up early. I'm very regimented about my day for the most part. I try to work my schedule, hence it being completely embarrassing when I miss appointments like I did for this podcast earlier. But I was up early one morning at like 4 o'clock in the morning, 4, 4.30, and I made a list of like, I want to be in economic development, and these are the steps I'm willing to take to get there. I came out of pocket for certain classes to, and started working towards a certification. And eventually down the road after the pandemic, um, Barrow County, Georgia had an economic development coordinator position open up. I applied for it and I got it. And uh, I worked with Lisa for about a year and a half. And then after that, things things opened up for me to grow into this position. That I have. That's phenomenal. So, um, you know, where do you see yourself, you know, five years down the road? Are you going to be in the same position in the same, you know, same place doing things the same way? Or what, what do you what do you foresee? I'm just leaning in each day and trying to make the best of where I'm at right now. And I say that because I have three kids. I have a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old. I literally live across the street from the elementary school that they are. So all the things that I'm involved with, both from an economic development standpoint, to the Rotary Club that we founded recently, to the soccer association where I serve on, the farmer's market board, all these things I'm a part of is in an effort to make sure that not only my kids, but the kids around us and the families around us have a better, have a better upbringing, have a better life. So for me, I don't know what the next step is. I'm really leaning into being here and now. I'm at a point professionally where I'm where I've always wanted to be doing exactly what I want to do. I know there'll be a next step down the road, but the only way to get there is to keep putting the work in every single day. And more so, I'm at a point locally where I feel I feel extreme responsibility to help all of my friends and everyone around me professionally help get them. It's just one of those core beliefs that I have. I help every- right. You mentioned that That's in our list. in your pre-interview. Really yeah, yeah. You me- you mentioned that idea in your pre-interview. Uh, you mentioned that your favorite book is "Ego Is the Enemy" by Ryan Holiday, and you you talked about his canvas strategy, and that sounds pretty similar. Um, for our listeners who don't know, why don't you briefly sort of explain the canvas strategy? So the canvas strategy, largely it is holding up the canvas to let other people paint on. So a lot of times it's deflecting praise. It's holding up the canvas, let other people paint, let them discover. And, um, and largely when you help other people get to where they need to go, they're going to take you along for the ride. And in my career, it's just worked out that way. Yeah, it's... I. I read that book and I, um, it wasn't about sort of, uh, making people look good. It wasn't just that it was really helping them get to where they wanted to go. Not just, you know, not kissing up, not, uh, you know, feigning credit, but like really working and helping them, you know, in whatever way that you could to, to move towards their goal. And that, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we do as economic developers. Our job is to help everybody else, help all the businesses, help all the workers, help everybody get to wherever it is they're trying to go. And for me locally, it's being that connector. It's one of those mm -hmm. skills that comes naturally to me is getting people together and connecting people. And so putting that into play, um, I had lunch with a gentleman today. We talked about LinkedIn and the fact that when I like, he's in somewhat similar fields. He does industrial doors, like roll-up doors and doors for, in, for industrial parts. And when I like something of his, other economic developers, other developers can see that and maybe they want to do business with him. So that's like, that's spreading the love around and that is making that connection both directly and indirectly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You also mentioned in our pre-interview that uh, you're a big user of ChatGPT. How are you using that? Yes. I've been using ChatGPT for, for about four to five months now. To the extent I have an I've trained it to know all of my sites. Originally, it started out with, I need you to learn to be my assistant for economic development. Ask me any question to be able to do this job better. So it knows my sites. It knows my just about it. It knows my writing style and what I prefer to put out there. So when I say make a LinkedIn post, and it's not a, it's not a direct copy paste because I think chat GPT works best when you're able to put your local flair on, when you're able to put your personal mark in it instead mm -hmm. of just a simple dry cut and paste and using memes helps to be honest but it, so it knows that and so i can easily do that um we recently redid our bylaws for the development ability i work for and being able to put it in there and ask it to be the world's most renowned development authority legal expert and rewrite these or tweak these development authority bylaws and it did and it came out great and so with ChatGPT, there are certain plugins that you could utilize, and I've been utilizing those. So it, one scrapper, uh, excuse me, scraper, so it just scrapes certain websites when I want it to pull from, and the other mm -hmm. one uh, just pulls from the internet at large. And that's been really good because I can ask it, what economic development trends do I need to be aware of? And it will give me this information. One of the things that's really helped is with RFI, sometimes requests for information, you know, they all have project names and you, I don't know if you do this thing, but I always like to guess where is this company coming from? Like, who is the company? Right. That yeah, absolutely. Project <laughs> so I put that information in a chat GPT four and that matters. The four versus the three version, the four has plugins that pull from a lot of different places on the internet. And so I put it in there and it correctly guessed the project that the company really, so that was, that was pretty cool to be able to, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, that's phenomenal. I was just today, I was at a uh, Greater Houston Economic Developers Association meeting, and they were going through and updating us on all the projects. And they had a list of projects that had, had were finished, and they had the... Um, the code name, and then they had the company name. And just looking at that, some of them I could kind of see where they got the code names from, but other ones I had no idea. So maybe over there in Georgia, you guys are a little bit more obvious as to the code names than we are, but that that's really interesting. I'm going to have to try that. Oh, it's just all over the place insofar as the code names, but the description of the company, I asked ChatGPT, mm -hmm. who does this sound like? And then copied and pasted what they put in there, and it guessed it. And I was blown away. That's incredible. Wow. And one of the things. Okay, I'm gonna have to try as that. As a father, yeah. I've been 
I've been introducing ChatGPT to my daughter, my 10 year old, and it's been because this stuff isn't going anywhere. I'm a big advocate for it, and I think it's going to be the future. I talk to our school, local school system about this often. They're on board with it. My example is my 10 year old daughter likes to draw Sonic the Hedgehog characters that she made up in her mind. One of them is like a white one that's named Shine. I asked her more questions about it. Who is the enemy? Where does Shine live? Um, what should she be focused on? What's her superpower? We put this in the chat, GPT, and she pressed enter, and it produced an entire story and a plot, a villain, all this stuff, and her eyes lit up at what chat GPT could do. And this is a 10-year-old in fifth grade that is discovering the usefulness of it. So now she signed in, and I can see when she asks it certain questions. And just being able to like use your imagination and chat to be able to learn more and be able to be a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, that is fantastic. I, I totally, yes. My wife homeschools all the kids, you know, with, with three kids, um, 15, seven, 15, 18, and 20 now. And the, the bottom two are still in high school. But um, she, this next year, they're really leaning into ChatGPT. She's going to ask them to use ChatGPT to do a certain assignments. She's going to ask them to use ChatGPT to sort of come up with an answer and then use that to build out, you know, um, additional research and, and do all kinds of things. And so, yeah, I'm, I also am a huge, you know, believer in ChatGPT and just that AI in general, it's, it's going to radically transform everything because it has, you know, radically transformed my life and, and what I do. Dane, have you been able to use chat gpt for offer letters yet uh yes i have used it for offer letters yes Uh uh-huh uh-huh because i think i've used we all sorry we all get really fluffy with our words we all get really fluffy with our words in some of those offer letters and so i threw our existing offer letter in there with the prompt to make this better and just the brevity Mm -hmm. succinctness that's word all of that it really has helped me with that Oh, I know. the The very best thing that I ever did with ChatGPT was um, it was a you know it was about I don't know a couple of weeks after ChatGPT four came out, and I had this someone had referred this gentleman to me, and he had some really I want to be polite. It was a harebrained idea, and I didn't know what to do with him. You know, I wanted to pass him off to somebody else, but I wanted to, you know, make him feel like I wasn't just blowing him off. And I asked ChatGPT to write a letter of introduction to him, to, you know, somebody at the Chamber of Commerce and another organization, just so that I could sort of, you know, know that he was being passed off and, you know, somebody else was going to have to deal with it. And I'd, cause I'd give him all the help I could, but he was so impressed with this letter of introduction that ChatGPT wrote, and it was 100% true, everything in the letter that I wrote about him, about his idea, about the possibility of it, it was 100% true. And um, it, in, my, in his eyes, you know, it just elevated me and our office and what we do here so high. And it was this huge burden for me because I didn't know what to do with it and I didn't want to say anything negative about him. But... It was just absolutely amazing that ChatGPT was able to just craft the words in exactly the right way that I could, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, pawn them off on someone else. And that's what that's what I think ChatGPT for an economic developer really helps with is the fact that some of these things where we have all these ideas because it's a large language model, 
it takes all of these ideas, all these bullet points, and put in a very succinct way with a through line from start to end. And ultimately, it does what technology is supposed to do. It takes care of easier things so we can focus on other things. So I don't think it's allow i don't think it makes less work i think it allows us to do other stuff more absolutely i i think it it makes us better in the same way that you know typing is easier than writing you know maybe longhand it speeds up the process it allows you to get down that first draft faster get those ideas onto the paper so that you can edit them you know there is such a difference between writing and editing and and sometimes you get stuck in the writing part you just have to get something on the paper so that you can move on to the editing. And that's so much easier. And Dane, I think here's the part that nobody talks about, but everybody kind of the, the elephant in the room. And you have a friend that asks you to do a letter recommendation for a scholarship or a program or something they want to be a part of. We're all using it. That's the truth. Right. We're all using it. <laughs> yes. As a large language model, my friend Tim is a really great. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm yes. Yes, that's fantastic. So now it's send me the bullet points you want me to. So now it's send me the bullet points you want me to hit in this. Right. No, exactly. Actually, I wrote one for somebody the other day, uh, letter of recommendation, and I said, uh, "What did I type in the ChatGPT?" I said, "Rephrase this so that it sounds better." Um, you know, my friend asked me for a letter of recommendation, and I trust them so much, and they were you know such a great employee that they I told them they could write anything they wanted about themselves, and I would uh, fully support it. Well, Ben, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We'll link to all of your content on LinkedIn in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for being on the show today, Ben. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.